The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and are not necessarily those of Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Well, hello there. It's great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Wealth Insights with Mitch Silberman, Strategies for Pursuing an Amazing Life of Significance. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. Of course, of course, we've got the star of the show in Mr. Mitch Silberman joining us momentarily. But look, first and foremost, we want to thank you for taking some time out of your day, finding your way here back to the show. As you probably know, Mitch and I, we take some time you know, to, when we get together to dive into some different wealth management-related strategies. Mitch and I are coming off a few different conversations surrounding family wealth as a whole preparing heirs for the our, you know their inheritance was you know really the topic of our last conversation but today we're going to we're going to have you looking a little inward today we're going to be asking you the question how good is the financial advice you are currently getting. You know, obviously Mitch provides a top tier service to his clients working through this wealth management space, you know, serving these affluent clients with a lot of strategies, a lot of concepts that are flowing every day. So We've got him to tap into today in terms to, of acknowledging this question of how good is that financial advice you're currently getting when it stacks up to maybe some of the advice that might be out there. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mitch on to get the, today's conversation rolling. Mitch, how are you doing? Good to see you today. Always so great to be with you, Ryan. All right. Hey, well, always good to have you back on the show as always, Mitch. And Mitch, I think it's safe to say that in your, you know, your work with high net worth clients, you know, lately you've been seeing a little bit of a troubling trend and it's that too many successful, wealthy people and families are just not getting that level of financial guidance that is truly most appropriate to what would actually help them solve those key financial goals of theirs, right? So you say you're seeing more people getting into this, not getting that high quality financial advice. You know, where are you ten typically seeing this in terms of, um, you know, the disconnect somewhere along the way with that lack of, of quality financial advice? Well, first off, there's kind of a, a two categories of people. There's do-it-yourselfers and those that seek uh, help and advice. So if you're do-it-yourselfer, that's great. I tell people if you have the time, the temperament, knowledge, desire to do it yourself, that's great. But if you think in your part-time, you're going to outwit some of the smartest minds in the world that watch this stuff 24-7, you know, who are you trying to kid? So for those that do seek advice, uh, what I've learned is that there's different levels of uh, financial advice. At the very bottom level is an investment professional who does make investment recommendations. That's great. Above that, you have a financial planner. And above that, you have true wealth management. And then really at the very top is what I call elite wealth management. And so I think a lot of people are realizing they may be getting some good investment advice and recommendations, but there's so much more than just being in a silo and saying, well, I made some great investments and I hope you like them. There's so much more involved. It's the whole person's life, really helping them live an amazing life of significance, which is much more than just pure investments. Sure, Mitch. And, and do you find that that is typically that troubling trend or the, really the driving force behind this trend of, of affluent families, maybe not getting that level of advice? You know, it's, it's that, that, you know, what we've referred to on this show before is that human element. Is that really what you think is that driving force behind why they might not get, be getting optimal advice? I think what you're really hammering down to a very significant point here is the difference between investment recommendations and financial planning. You know, a plan helps you achieve all the things that's most important to you and your family. 
And so really you, you start with being, uh, having a plan in mind. What are your goals? Where are you now? Where would you like to go? What keeps you up at night? What matters most to you? So first you, you, you work on the plan. Everything's got to be very goal driven and plan focused. Then you pick investments to help you achieve those plans and to help you achieve those goals. So I think what I'm seeing is not necessarily bad investments. There's always going to be bad investments out there. Sure. We know that. But it's, it's the, is there a cohesive plan in place? And, and I may have said it before in one of our episodes, but there's no such thing as a financial planning emergency. Most emergencies arise from a lack of financial planning. And that's where I think you can really make a difference and, and help people sleep better at night, realizing they actually have a plan to help them achieve all that's important to them. I love that. A plan really is what kickstarts this whole process for somebody. And it also on the flip side, you know, it does at the same time come down to the advisor, the the person that you are aligning yourself with. Yeah. So it sounds like to me, Mitch, a key concern in this area of how good is the financial advice you're getting this question we're asking our audience today. It sounds like a key concern really is to just take a step back and to really understand what a high quality financial advisor looks like in the first place. So that way you can go out, seek one out and find one to work with, you know, what would you say then would be the first step here in identifying, you know, who a, a high quality, you know, financial advisor, wealth manager looks like, how would you go about that, Mitch? Right. Well, really the responsibility is on us, the financial professional. I, I'll give you an example. Um, if you're a typical car owner and you take it to a shop, the guy may open the hood and look at what's wrong. You and I are like, you know, we don't know what's wrong. We're relying on that person's advice and really their integrity. Uh, to tell us what's wrong and what needs to be fixed. So I think what a lot of people have done is they've worked with a financial advisor not knowing what's available to them. And, and they just say, well, over the years, I've put together a mishmash of investments. And some are good, some are not good. And so they don't really know what they're supposed to be asking for. So I think it really begins with um, starting with, well, what do I want out of my life? What does my future look like to me? And is this person the right professional to guide me? You know, it's, it, there's a big difference between if you're lost in the forest, someone saying, here's a map and a compass, good luck, versus take my hand, we're going to do this together, I'm going to make sure you get where you need to go. And so I think it's really crucial that you evaluate the professional. Are they just making investment recommendations, returning calls, or are they proactively helping you achieve all that's most important to you and your family in a lot of areas beyond just investments? You know, Mitch, it's sounding more and more to me like there's this dual lens approach that really needs to be there. It's this the idea of expertise, sure, that level of financial acumen that any true wealth manager should hold. But really, right. the other part of that dual lens approach is intent. You know, their intent to will and, and willingness to help you and understand you on a more granular level. Uh, would you echo that? You know, any thoughts on, on that idea of just having that dual lens of approach of ex expertise and intent? It's absolutely crucial. If you're meeting, if you're interviewing a different financial advisors and you should, you should find one that's the right fit for you and they are leading with investment recommendations, probably not what you're looking for. What really has to happen first after the niceties, nice to meet you, whether it's on Zoom or in person, what really has to happen first is the advisor needs to lead with compelling questions about that client's life. Where are they? Who matters to them? What do they foresee in the future? What special challenges you know, are they dealing with? What's troubling them most right now? What would they love to have happen? Eventually you get the investments, but that comes secondarily. Primarily is you, the person, your family, causes you care about, the legacy you want to leave. Then you talk about plans and investments, not the other way around. 
Sure, Mitch. I hear you loud and clear on that. And and my my next kind of thought process leads to okay. Well, if if that's what what the optimal financial advisor or wealth manager looks like, that's the type of person mm-hmm. I should be seeking out. My thought then turns to well, who should I be avoiding then? You know, are there any telltale signs uh, to be on the lookout for when walking through these conversations? What do you what do you see on this front, Mitch? Well, that's a great question, and it's it's a it's a a tough one, but a very important one. So. Uh, you know, th- there's two levels here. One level is, are you competent? Do you know what you're doing? And you know, hopefully that's kind of easy to filter out. You can ask questions like how long have you been in the industry? Um, how many clients do you serve? What deliverables will I expect working with you? Of course, the other level is integrity. There are a lot of financial assassins out there. And mm-hmm. sadly, one of their skills is getting you to trust them. So, one of the ways to work with that, of course, is introductions. If you have uh, CPAs, attorneys in your life that you really trust or dear friends that you really trust, you can say, how long have you worked with this guy? Do you know him? Have you ever met his wife? Have you been to his house? These are important things on the trust level because after what happened in 08 and 09 with, with uh, certain famous names, right? It's not just do you know what you're doing, but it's how do I know you're not going to take me for all I've got? Right. And this seems to be a bit of that, you know, that troubling trend, if you will, of, of what we've kind of heard in this in this realm of referred to as kind of the, the financial predators, if you will. Yeah. Mitch, are there any yeah. are, I, these can kind of be one of, as you had mentioned, they're kind of, you know, the more tougher of the wealth managers to spot in those initial meetings. Is there anything that maybe somebody could be on the lookout for, uh, you know, when going through some of those initial conversations? Well, first of all, you, you know, you, you want to trust your own intuition. How willing are they to work with your other key advisors? Do they mm. ask, can I work with your CPA? Can I work with your attorney? Can I work with your property and casualty professional? If they want to work in a silo and they don't want to interact with your other key advisors, that's a bad sign. Uh, there's also sites you can look up if there's any history that they have, um, getting in trouble with authorities, any uh, you know, jail time, or fines or penalties, you can look that up too. That's just public information. But I think the key is how willing are they to work with your other key professionals? Because if you have other trusted advisors that you work with, if if these financial predators can somehow tr- you know, trick you or fool you, they can't fool everybody. So one of your trusted teammates is going to say, hey, I don't know about this guy. I looked him up or I don't like what he's recommending or he doesn't return my calls. He doesn't want me to look at what he's proposing to you. Those are kind of some telltale signs. So Mitch, I, I love that. And thank you for mentioning that. That is super important. I mean, we t- we've talked at length of, on this show just about the importance of building and assembling that that really well-oiled machine of a team uh, that That's works right. in cohesiveness to, to really put forth the best solutions for you. And yes, yep. so if a member of that team isn't excited about working in the team, that's a big red flag there. So a good, great sure. point. Um, switching gears though, a little bit back to this idea of the individual that you do want to work with, Mitch, this, sure. this idea of the consummate professional, could you kind of maybe give, give us a more of a high level overview, uh, as to what the consummate professional looks like, uh, to work with as a wealth manager in this day and age from your perspective, what, what does that look like to you? Well, obviously I'm going to have a very biased opinion because okay. I like to think of myself in that category, sure. but for you, the clients out there that you say, there's so much uncertainty right now, economic, political, social, you know, I'm not sure I'm getting the right advice. I want to interview some potential financial advisors, actually some potential elite wealth managers. I think some of the questions you can ask 
is, well, how many clients do you serve? Why is that important? Because if you are one of a thousand clients, how are you going to get personalized attention? Uh, you can also ask them, how do you work with other key professionals? And if they have a very eager, warm response, that's a good sign too. You can also ask them about some uh, advanced strategies that may or may not be applicable, but they have to be aware of them. How long has this professional been in this you know, profession? How long have they been doing what they're doing? How many clients do they serve? Are there any complaints on their record? Um, and another question you can ask, I mean, I ask of my clients, but you can ask this of the professional. You can say, look, if we're working together, what do I expect from you? You know, a year, two, three years from now, you as my advisor, what should I, the client, expect by working with you? Deliverables, uh, warm fuzzies, uh, communications, reporting, interaction with other key advisors. There's really a lot that has to go into this because ultimately it's your life, it's your family, it's your legacy. And you want to not just protect it, but you want to grow it intelligently as well. Sure. And given your life, your family, your legacy, like you just mentioned, Mitch, I would imagine a very big part of that process and one of those key telltale signs of working with a consummate professional would be their ability to listen. You have shared this with us a few times. Talk to me about this importance of listening. It's really crucial. I'll tell you, when I'm on the receiving end, when I'm the client, if you are, and I notice they don't ask me any questions about me. I mean, I imagine I mean, most of us have been married for quite some time. But imagine going on a first date with someone and saying, hey, before we start our date, I want to tell you all about me. <laughs> Probably wouldn't go well. So the key is this professional you're sitting down with, how interested do they seem in you? Are they listening to you? Are they taking notes? Are they asking you compelling questions that make you think? Or are they leading with, let me tell you how great I am. Let me tell you about the great investments I have. That's a sign that you probably not the right professional for you. You are sharing intimate details with them about your life. They should be asking about it. They should be paying attention to it. They should be keenly aware of what matters to you. Good listening is a crucial skill that is so simple, but sadly doesn't take place often enough. Yeah, we've, we've hit on that topic in various conversations so far. And I, so I had to make sure I brought that one up today because, boy, is it pertinent for our, our conversation today, Mitch. So we've given our audience a lot to think about in terms of what this consummate professional looks like as well as, you know, what kind of to avoid. Maybe they're sitting there, Mitch, and they're thinking about their current advisor and they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're wondering how maybe they could best size them up given these different variables that we've kind of tossed out. So let me ask you this then, what steps could somebody in that position, maybe somebody in our audience right now, what steps could they take to kind of size up their current advisor, you know, or even another one that they're thinking about working with and see whether or not that they check some of these boxes. What, what steps would you take, Mitch? Well, if it were me, uh, and I, I've shared with my wife that if I'm not around, you know, here are some key things and some people you should interview. But um, if it were me, I, I would want to know, do they care about me? Are they more interested in their um, fees or commissions or uh, whatever they may be pushing or excited about? Or is it me? Are they tailor making a solution to me and my family and my needs and my future and my goal? Um, my goals, you know, I, I think anyone right now would benefit from a second opinion or a mm. stress test to say, you know, I've been with the same person for a long time. I like them. I trust them. But what else is out there? And sometimes the most eye-opening experiences that I've been on the good receiving end of 
is when I sit down with someone who already is working with another professional and I explain our five-step personal CFO process, I explain how we collaborate with other professionals on their behalf, I go over some of the advanced, sophisticated strategies that are available to them. And the response I get, I love, which is, I've been with the same guy for 20 years. He's never brought up any of this before. So sometimes you just have to see what else or who else is out there to make sure you're in the right position or in the right professional. Yeah, no, great point. And speaking to that same point, Mitch, let's say somebody out there in the audience right now is interested in, you know, going through that second opinion, that stress testing process, and they want to reach out to you and your team at Silverman Well Strategies. How would they best go about getting in touch with you and your team to maybe start that conversation? Well, uh, one of the reasons I was put on planet Earth is to do what I'm precisely doing right now. I love it. I'm very blessed to do I love what I do. So it's real easy. You go to silbermanwealth.com. That's S like Sam, I-L, B like billion, E-R-M-A-N, wealth.com. And you can uh, learn about what we do, how we do it. You can check, uh, you can reach out and set up a complimentary uh, discovery meeting. Uh, I made a decision many years ago, Ryan, that I wasn't going to charge someone to find out if I could help them. Mm -hmm. I mean, how would you like it if you came in and you spent time with me and I said, well, we're not a good fit. Here's my bill. So the way I do it is let's see if there's a good fit. I love talking about this. And my goal is to create value for you, whether or not we work together. I love that, Mitch. Uh, well, Mitch, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head here, any final thoughts uh, in regards to this question, really, this idea of how good is the financial advice you're currently getting? Any other thoughts that we might want to leave the listeners and the viewers with today? Well, there's that old joke that says, if you have to ask how much something costs, you can't afford it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if you're even questioning, am I really getting the right financial advice for me? Am I really with the right financial advisor? You may not be, but wouldn't it be great to know for sure? Wouldn't it be great to find out, you know, I wasn't sure if I was with the right professional and I reached out, I, I met with Mitch or a few other people and I really am in a good spot. Isn't that fantastic? More importantly, what if you reached out and you said, wow, I wasn't on track to achieve all that's important to me. I wasn't taking care of all the different parts of my life. So it's important to, to make that call or reach out and just to verify for your own peace of mind, for your family's sake, that, hey, I really am with the right professional. I really am on the right track. And if not, then it's a good thing you're finding it out now. Absolutely. Well, Mitch, hey, look, we so appreciate you taking some time out of your day to dive into this topic with us and uh, looking forward to having you back on the show to you know, tackle another wealth management topic with you. Always my pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. Alrighty, and we want to take one final moment to thank you, of course, for sticking with us here on the episode. If you liked what you saw today, you liked the conversation, please feel free to like, comment, share, subscribe to this show on whichever platform you're consuming our information on. And of course, like I had mentioned, share that information with friends, family, business owners, because at the end of the day, these are wealth, in wealth insights directly from Mitch, and we would hate for you to miss out on any future great conversations that are coming up down the road. So for Mr. Mitch Silberman, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're saying so long, and we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Wealth Insights with Mitch Silverman. Registered Principal of and Securities and Advisory Services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, doing insurance in CA as CFGAN Insurance Agency, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, a broker dealer and registered investment advisor, Advisory services also offered through Silberman Well Strategies Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. CA Insurance License Number OB24856.
Registered branch address 2945 Townsgate Road, Suite 200 in Westlake Village, California, 91361.